We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I'm Dustin Redazel, one member of the Lost Boys, and joining me, as always, Tommy Cooksey. No, no, nothing, uh, no special there, nothing special about it. Freshly showered, Tommy Cooksey. (laughs) Freshly showered, Tommy Cooksey. No, I, uh, I wasted all my creative energy on leaning back and yelling. I really, look, I appreciate it, and I think the fans will appreciate it, too. I'd like to start this podcast out with a quick little, uh, tale of failure and redemption, if I may. (laughs) I can't wait. All right. Uh, so... I have AirPods, but I also have small ear holes. It's just a cooksy mm. trait. G has the same thing. I don't think my dad owns AirPods, but if he did, it would probably be the same trait. Or maybe it's my mom. Never really thought about that. But anyway, small ear holes. And so these things don't really stay in that well. Like on a walk with a dog, if I make a sudden movement, they're coming out. Well... I still like to dance with the devil, so sometimes when I use the restroom, I wear them listening to like a podcast or something. Well, yesterday, the right one, after said restroom had been used, it, it took a took a plunge, it took a plunge uh, right into the into the potty. And uh, after uh, one or two, it was it was one. Very fortunately, it was Woo-hoo. just one. Yeah, but still. I saw it sitting there right uh, right in there before it goes down like the, the drain. It was just sitting there looking at me like, what are you going to do? You going to flush me? What are you going to do? And I'm a whole bevy of thoughts went through my mind. Do I just stick my hand right in here? Uh, it's sterile, according to uh, Dodgeball. What are the chances this thing's still going to work if I what do are the it? Chances, if I get it out of here, what are the chances it's going to work? I'm like, oh, man. So I sprint and I find a wire coat hanger and I fish this bad boy out and I get it and it never drops back in. I get it out. Step one. Step two, I'm like, well, I got to wash it. It's already been in water. I'm going to wash it with soap and water. Wash it with soap and water. Dry it. Put it in. Doesn't work. Ah, figures. It figures. Bag of rice? No rice. Put it in my pocket. Went for a walk. Had a, had a work call and it kept like hanging up my phone calls. I don't know if it was because it was tapping my pocket or whatever. But two hours later, I go to listen to something, listen to something, take a phone call or podcast something. And lo and behold, they both work and have had no issues. So thank you to Apple for making a product that you can drop in your own urine and it will still work two hours later. Testament to Chinese manufacturing. It's just, it's all it is. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) thanks for hanging on with me to the end. But I'm really happy because, you know, I immediately went, I have some connected recognition stored up. I guess I'm going to have to waste that on AirPods. Mm-hmm. Yep. The microphone <laughs> on my AirPods doesn't work anymore, so I can't mm-hmm. really use them for anything other than just standard earplugs, you know, earbuds. Ear- yeah. And uh, I can't pull the trigger. Like, I'm kind of, I'm hoping they break. I need to accidentally drop one of these things in the toilet. That would have been a great out. (laughs) So I can upgrade to the pros. I'm I'm going uh, pros. I was already, like, my brain was, I'm actually a little bit sad because I was, like, already sad. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to spend the money. I'm going to get the pros now. They fit a little more snug, better bass quality. And, but you know what? Now I'm, now I have the P phones on. So it's all good. Problem is, I, I can't spend $200 without a real excuse. I totally get it. I can. <laughs> mm, I need it. Yeah, I uh, I just, by my standards, made the crazy decision of purchasing a $90 flannel. You're going to love it. You're going to love oh, it. Oh, I do. I, I wore it 
Already my favorite shirt. One wear. Yep. Yep. And, uh... You know, I had to get a Christmas gift card to the outdoor provision company from my parents in order to pull the trigger. That's the type of thing it takes. Even though I've, I've now experienced it, and it's definitely better than my other shirts. Mm-hmm. But that's the sort of thing I need to get me there. I get it. You're, you're a man of thrifty means. I get it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Trying to be. Man, we have had... Just a shit storm of inconveniences. Had to replace the water heater. Uh, my, yeah, that'll that'll hit you. Guy shows up. Guy shows up. I'm like, what is it? Just a little fix? He's like, dude, your water heater's 18 years old. <laughs> 18 years old? You guys have been it's bathing. Tough. That means when I was at your house, I basically bathed in rust. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's homeopathic. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It's good for your skin. Yeah. Something. And, uh, you know, we're setting up for this renovation. Walter knocked out some glass, like little tiles on a French door, you know, another few mm-hmm. hundred bucks. Uh, I've got to replace, I'm doing this myself. This is how strapped we are with home repairs. I am personally rolling up the sleeves and changing out the water filter inlet in our refrigerator so that we can get ice and water from the fridge. It's like a real appliance handyman over here. It's a very specialized uh, task. I got a guy if you need is. one. Well, you know, the replacement part itself was, I'm already in it for 150 bucks. What it really was is I thought I could just figure it out. I got in there, and now I'm, I'm three hours. I'm pop committed. I'm going to oh, finish man. the work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then my, my grill, the Weber. It's an old faithful grill. And uh, one of the gas lines for the burners splintered or rusted out in the cold. However it happened. Um, it's on the fritz. So I've got my eye on a Traeger. Might really go big. Uh, so. My brother has one. Loves it. Loves the Traeger. Yeah, well, you know, Joe Rogan recommends it. And I... I just take all his recommendations to heart. <laughs> I knew we were going to go there before we even got started. I wanted to ask you, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Like, where's where's your head at with this uh, Joe Rogan is a racist thing? Well, the Sam Harris thing that that I uh, that we list that uh, Ryan Varga shared with us was was really spot on. And. Um, yeah. Will you kind I mean, of I recap it for anybody who hasn't heard it? Just like the basic gist of his. What yeah. He yeah. Uh, what what uh, uh, Sam Harris was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, everyone at this point that's listening to this podcast listens to podcasts likely. So they so they also likely know what's going on with the whole Joe Rogan thing. Sam Harris. <clears throat> what is his claim to fame? He's an author. He's a. Uh, he's, he's, he has a meditation he's probably, app. He's a thinker. Yeah, he's probably considered one of the foremost atheists in the world. Yeah, I, when you first said that, I was like, "Who are the other four? Who are the other three? <laughs> uh, actually, they they do call them something like the Four Horsemen. It's uh, oh okay, like him, Richard Dawkins. There's like two other guys. Yeah, I think that's but, yeah, probably what's that's probably what has, in, in generally speaking, has kept me like at arm's length from really digging into his stuff. But, you know, when you kind of disagree on the most core belief, belief of human existence. But anyway, yeah, he, he, he's, a, I guess he's, you know, he's a friend of Joe Rogan. He, um, he's, you know, he goes into like, I know him personally. I, you know, anyone that's listened to more than a couple hours of his episodes recognizes that, you know, using this word in the way that he did, um, you know, taking that out of context sounds absolutely awful, but as a person, it's not a reflection of who he is. And, you know, to go on to say, like, what else do you want from an apology? Like, what else would, could, could someone do as an apology? Um, and, and it's, it's the, the most vulnerable thing you can do is to offer an apology. And all people can do is either say we accept or we don't. And, uh, he really, he really put it nicely. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can summarize it a little better than I did, but 
There's a uh, the, well. One, I also really appreciated his stance on it, so I'll do my best to recollect. But there were two things that really jumped out to me on, you know, his take. The first one being that, and this is why I do like Sam Harris. Like I've I've read a lot of his stuff. I've listened to a ton of his podcasts. Even if our, even if we're approaching morality from different sides of the fence one being more of a spiritual approach the other being you know just a pragmatic what what can I experience with my own senses and how can I use that to sort right and wrong I like where those two I like where they overlap and you know if years of Christian musings end up in the same place as a modern atheist, then you can feel pretty good. That's like strong moral ground, or at least that's the way I feel. So I kind of use a lot of his thinking as like an outside check on my upbringing, which is like a biblically based sense of morality. So when he gets to, and he says this about Rogan and the Apology, when he gets to a place where he's saying, Forgiveness is a fucking miracle. Like when a guy whose claim to fame is atheism, Mm -hmm. and all we know is what we can experience with our senses, and he gets to the same place that the entire Christian faith is based on, which is like forgiveness is the miracle. Yeah, forgiveness is divine. That's already powerful. And what you want to be as a society is the type of... uh, yeah, yeah, and you you want to be the group of people that can that can recognize growth and let people back into the fold when they've had like a moment of guilt or shame or whatever it may be. So that was number one. So like whatever the sin may be, like, and in this case it happens to be racism. So the more nuanced part of that is not just like let's let's forgive the transgression. But now we're talking about quote-unquote racism. And I really appreciate his stance on, you know, this particular word. And if we are devoid of context and intent, then if we're saying context and intent doesn't matter, then all we're saying is that this word has magical powers. And it's like, he who shall not be named. And when you say it, like, we're all crippled by, like, this thought that has entered our head. And it's it's really a weakening of the human race to give that, give any word that much power, not just this particular word. Now, where this becomes complicated for me personally is even if I share that belief, I would still never, ever say the word. Right. But... I have, in my past, said that word in good context, or at least I thought at the time, but like this is kind of the argument, right? Is there such a thing? And now like I'm, I would never ever say it. I can't remember the last time I did, right? But mm-hmm. it's, and so I guess maybe because I'm in the exact same situation as this guy who's getting persecuted, Like, I probably feel a lot of my own guilt and shame, and I want the forgiveness. And it's almost like you see it in him. Like, can you bounce back, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's it's. it was a a good take. I understand, I understand, like, not, not to the deepest degree, right? Like, we... I think we talked about this on this podcast kind of when we were in our infancy with it uh, after everything with George Floyd and when we had we had Jeremy on and like we were really trying to sort through some feelings about the racial divide in this country. So I think anybody, longtime fans, know we're not like a deep well of wisdom on this topic. No. But I've we've tried to wrestle with it. It's... we. And I I do think there's there's a place to to really condemn like negative action and there is like witch hunt behavior. It 
I've never been, I've never felt that I had the moral authority to say which is which, but I do have an, an impulse, a feeling mm-hmm. that after listening to Joe Rogan talk for, I've probably listened, if if not a thousand hours, I've listened to hundreds of hours. Yep. I've probably spent more time with him than, you know, a lot of people that I consider dear friends. Like, I feel like I know this guy. Right. And it's really hard to believe that I could be so off base. Well, so, you know, the difference that's kind of what I'm working through. Th- there's also the difference that it's not like these were some behind-the-scenes sketches or, like, behind-the-scenes someone caught recordings. Like, these were, like, things that were, you know, live recorded. You know what I mean? So it's not like there's some closeted... I caught you saying this kind of thing. We're just in this really weird time where everything's recorded. Like our entire Mm -hmm. lives exist on the internet at this point. Like, yeah, none of us have, you, you know, compared to this, none of us, not none of us. Cause I know two people that have a podcast. I'm looking at one of them, but like, yeah, (laughs) not everybody has a podcast that they've recorded tens of thousands of hours of just, conversation it's not like there's a pointed point of each conversation but if you want to relate look at your facebook memories and Mm. stuff that you maybe posted a decade ago or go just scroll Mm. through your instagram and look at some of the first pictures and captions that you put into those pictures yeah like i definitely have some as i look at like facebook and i'm like why would i put that out into the world like, why would I do that? So, you know, but we're just in this weird place. And how do we reconcile with that? You know what I mean? It's like, how do we, how do we, you, you know, I think the difficult thing is, and we've seen this with, with other stuff as well. Kevin Hart had an issue with a tweet from like 2007 or something like that. It's like, you, you can't, you can't look at an action from a decade ago with a lens of today because culture has progressed in the same way. Like you couldn't look at, you know, you you couldn't judge an action from 1850 with the same lens of today. And unless it's like blatantly like slavery for, is an example I'm thinking of like blatantly terrible from the beginning of time, bad, but you know, Smoking, like, you know, I don't know, smoking cigarettes. Like you look at the, like, everybody did that in, you know, the 1800s. You look at it now and you're like, what are you, what were you doing? Well, I don't know. you know, we've been reading through the Bible this year in a separate group and you just got done making a joke about it. Yeah. Will, Will Solomon Chamberlain. <laughs> how, how many, like 700 wives? Three, 700 like, wives, 300 concubines. You would think that man is in, out of his mind today yeah it's like what what are you even doing dude (laughs) (laughs) it makes no sense you're right yeah culture changes and it has a different bearing uh i'll tell you what it got because i've had this argument not argument discussion we're not that heated i've had this discussion with family members who like are nervous about with good cause, social media and its influence on their kids and, you know, kids of different ages. And it's probably easier for me because I'm purely theoretical because Walter and Winnie don't have their hands on social media yet. But I feel like I got, you know, writing on blogs and stuff like as soon as I had access to it. Like I've I've dabbled in content for as long as I was able to post things on the Internet. And I've I've made some mistakes. I've gotten called out by people. I've, mm-hmm. I have felt guilty for trying to, I don't know, say something that was interesting and really I was just being an asshole, you know? Right. <clears throat> so I, I, I think I know what that feeling is, but then when people come after each other, I understand, I understand the nerves that my family has in this discussion. But what I always say is, what we're really talking about here is public accountability. And I think accountability often gets this because of the way it's been. It used to take effort to create accountability. You had to be a person who cared about someone else's actions, and that required like presence and time and engagement. So when you thought of accountability, you thought of like a coach or a, 
a parental figure or a teacher who was invested in your work. Like accountability came with a lot of positive connotation. But really all accountability is is knowing that your actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And with, like you said, living in a life where everything is recorded, pictures of what you do, somebody taking an Instagram story when you're out, <laughs> writing something when you're drunk and seeing that you wrote it the next day. Yep. Right? You, it doesn't just fade into the ether. Don't, don't you... And, do you I, I think there's this... Um, some Our parents certainly weren't able to like warn us of the dangers and that yeah you know, we, you know, we all jokingly said the internet's forever in like 2004 yeah. when we were on myspace but did we really believe that like did we really even understand understand what that meant that there would just we be might have arc- be- yeah yeah we might have believed it but we didn't really know what it meant to regret your past self you're too young yeah. You're young. Your brain's not even connected all the way. Like you're just, you know, out there. You, know, who cares if I post these twenty pictures uploaded from the whole weekend of us all get going out and getting drunk and, right. you know, whatever I, you know, I'm just stream of consciousness on Twitter or you know Facebook or whatever. But you know, our parents couldn't. They could warn us like, hey, don't do this, that, and the other when you go away to college, because that'll mm-hmm. get you into trouble. But they couldn't say, they, you know. They couldn't say something something they couldn't even like fathom. Like, don't post on social media because I see this future. At least we'll be in a position when our kids are of of age to have, you know, devices and consider maybe social media won't be a thing. Maybe it'll be something entirely different. But I think the advice is the advice is almost so simple that it's like stupid. It's like. If you wouldn't do or say something in real life to a person, just don't do it online. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. If you if you wouldn't if you don't want everybody to if you don't want me to see it or somebody else to see it and have it in their records forever, just don't do it. Well, this is the and this is the crux of the argument like when when you have people like family members upset about things that get posted on social media or anywhere on the internet and just like you know, feeling embarrassed that like your uncle said this, and now it's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. The the law lo- it sucks in the meantime while we're all figuring this out and we're all wrestling with these topics. But you know, you take a situation like Joe Rogan having a ton of this content and people know him, and he has regrettable things, and he apologizes, and a lot of people are pissed at him. A lot of people support him. This is the type of public accountability that everybody gets to learn from in action. You've gotten to see, like, growth. You've gotten to see an apology. You've gotten to see the reaction to the apology. You've gotten to see the punishment for uh, a lack of good judgment. Like, it's all kind of in there. And it sucks now to anybody who has to, like, reckon with the reality of who they were in the now but that's Mm -hmm. also a huge part of like what i'll I'll say this i appreciate this uh rogan's first podcast after the video um he has this comedian on and they're talking about it within the first five minutes the whole reason i tuned in i wanted to hear his response yeah and he said you know what it actually turns out it's kind of a relief because that video had always been out there and I had always regretted it and felt bad about it. And this idea that we shouldn't apologize is dumb. If you feel bad about something, you should apologize. And it's like, yeah, I, I really did regret it. And yeah. I, I, I'm glad it made me own up to it. So, you know, I don't say that to like make him out as some heroic figure. Like that is just what we wish humanity was, is people who faced up to their problems. So I think that everything being recorded, like my mom used to say, God's always watching, not in an ominous way. You know, it was like live with integrity right? because you know you have an audience of one, no matter what. And really, even if you don't believe in God, you're your audience of one. You know, like you have to live with your actions 
And it's easier to reconcile that fact when everything is recorded. So even though I don't love all of it, like personally, it's hard to live with. One of the reasons I try to lean into a public facing personality is I think it's I think it's good for us to try to like wrestle with those things. And I think having like other people, even if you just imagine that they're watching or listening or looking at your pictures. Mm-hmm. Even if you just imagine other people are watching, it helps you smooth off the rough edges. So I'm, I'm mostly for the progress of the world. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It makes you, if, if, you're, if you're someone who likes to share content, it really does force you to, you know, you're not just, you know, you're not just putting a piece of clay out there. Like you're going to mold the clay and you're going to make sure that it actually it is crafted and said what the way you intend it to be and that you actually feel the way you feel about it. You know what it reminds me of? There's a, an example James Clear uses in his book, Atomic Habits, uh, where he talks about there's things people really wish they would do to like improve their life, like pick up running or like start a diet or you know pay more attention to their kids. And it's really hard for them to do that because it's just them. But something that people do reliably is mow their lawn. And it's not because like every single person is especially like proud of like, look at this fine cut lawn. (laughs) Right. It's that they don't want the judgment of their neighbors. They don't want people thinking that like they're, they're They're that lawn. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like keeping, it's like the positive side of keeping up with the Joneses. Like, People mow their lawn. Now, you can make an argument. If you have something you want to chase, like if you want to be writing a book and you just like, here's your two free hours and you go mow the lawn every weekend instead of working on the, that mowing the lawn is bad for your eventual happiness and sense of significance. (laughs) But context is so powerful. So I think like people watching what you do and judging your morality, it, it might be annoying, but it makes you think about it. It does. It makes you. It makes you try to be better. Yeah, I can land on that. I'm good with that. I did want to ask you because there's some other stuff has happened over the last like two weeks or so since we didn't get together last week, and and one of those things was a devastating loss uh. to a guy that I don't think I like, Joe Burrow. The Kansas City Chiefs. Are you, are you okay with with the Chiefs losing? I have, 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 you, emotionally, have you come to yeah. a place emotionally where you're okay now? I've bounced back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I've never done a quicker pivot on soaking up the week before the Bengals game, listening to maybe 15 hours of podcast content on Chiefs mm-hmm. Bengals the week after. Zero NFL football I did, content. I did the same thing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I didn't I don't put need on... to hear the breakdown. No. Yeah. yeah. They're all poop heads. Like, that's all they are. They're all a bunch of non-Cowboys, non-Chiefs. <laughs> this, this was our year. We could have live We could have live potted the Chiefs-Cowboys. But been great. maybe another and, year. I mean, it would have looked great. That, oh, the colors. That Chiefs red against that classic Cowboys silver and blue. <sighs> it would have been beautiful. It would have been a beautiful thing in SoFi Stadium. But uh, I, I've established that, look, I'm even though it would mean that Odell Beckham gets a... Well, here he has a ring, doesn't he? Did he get a ring with the Giants? Uh, yeah, not a historian. It feels like he did. Yeah, I think so. He didn't make the miraculous catch. That was... Uh, no. I'd give you money if you could pull his name. David Tyree. Was it David Tyree? I think you're right. Look this it up. The... Look, Jamie, Jamie, pull it up. Let's see. David Tyree catch. Let's see. Dave. Side of the helmet. Hel- helmet catch. Yep. David Tyree. Wow. Good. Memory like fantastic. a steel trap. That is fantastic. But you know what? 
Matt Stafford seems like a good dude. He seems like a like a generally a humble guy. He's grinded it out in the NFL on the worst, maybe the worst franchise besides like the Browns. Like the Lions are pretty terrible throughout all of history. Yep. Like, and every year people have to watch them on Thanksgiving. Truly awful. So, you know what? Let's go. I'm a, I'm I'm on board with Stafford. I don't like Joe Burrow's arrogance. I can't handle it. It bothers me. You know, I it's a weird thing. I'm trying to talk myself into not disliking Joe Burrow because I feel my bias being pulled so heavily. You know what it gets me is I watch him play. And I just don't think he's better than other guys that I watch play the position. Yeah. And somehow he's here. And normally I've got nothing against failing upwards. You know, look at Eli Manning. Uh, He's made a whole career of it. Right. The the results are what they are, but it feels too soon. It weirdly feels unearned. I don't even know what that means. It just, but I I know, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm rooting against the Bengals. I'm with you. And even though I hate that, like Tampa won when their Super Bowl was in Tampa last year, Mm-hmm. Now here's LA and they've got the Super Bowl in LA and they're there. Like I kind of hate that thing too. Yeah. And the Rams, like they don't feel like a real team. You know, it's like it's like the way I kind of used to feel about the Yankees. Yeah, like, totally. Uh, well, like just, you know, our our um our bunch of mercenaries. Friend, our, our mutual friend Renee, when the Rams were moving to LA, he was like, you know, LA is USC Trojans, like. Yeah, and and the Lakers like they're not NFL football. Hey, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll show out, but I my my guess is it'll be a lot of a lot of people from the middle of the country. St. Louis former St. Louis Rams fans just reliving. There's going to be a lot of number thirteen jerseys. A lot of Warner. Yeah, how about the uh, Kurt Warner movie hitting? I don't know that I'll. I don't know that I'll watch that movie. It's not going to get my ticket. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to see me tuning in yeah. as well. Yeah. But no, the look, it's it sucks. It's terrible. You know you don't have that many shots and like this should have been a layup for the Chiefs. Not a layup, right? It's like Bengals are a good team, but the Chiefs were the better team. And they choked one out. But you know, I I don't know how to say it. Like we've we talked about, it. you don't get the incredible highs of the Buffalo Bills game if you're not really emotionally invested. Yeah. And then once you have that investment, you are vulnerable to the pitfalls of the Bengals game. And yeah. I have just decided that's the way I'm living for as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center. Like I'm just going to be all in. And even if it is, and it was devastating. And in some ways I was, I was saying like Walter was so lucky that he gets to come into a childhood where Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. And that's kind of true, but you know what else it's going to do to him? It's, it's going to burden him with a lifelong chiefs fandom. So like this thing that I know is not necessarily a gain in my life that I'm just like, I carve off a corner of my heart to it <laughs> 20 weeks out of the year. I'm just going to pass it right along. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in reality, like my earliest memory of really like liking football, probably seven, maybe eight, hmm. you know, and of course it's easy that the Cowboys were, you know, Super Bowl champs and, 90 what 92 94 95 I think it yeah, is you were right you were right in there just money spot large. I was seven and between seven and ten so like I was like right in there like the starter jacket and everything like our kids I, I have about Annie's really convincing him on pits on the Steelers because we've been to Pittsburgh and he liked the city of Pittsburgh and I'm like well I'm not gonna fight this battle I'm not gonna force him into it but chances are they're probably going to end up being Panthers fans. I can just see it happening. Let's say that your team of choice can only be good for, like, I mean, great. Like, 
win a few Super Bowls, like three Super Bowls in a five-year period. What age is that most rewarding? One five-year snippet. Like, I'm kind of in it. Like, this is my window. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been cool to have your team win it, like, in the early t- in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. But it also could have been dangerous. Right. Really dangerous. Yeah. You know, there's a flip side to that, too, though, which is, like, you might just not remember the games that well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I, I, I want to say maybe in, like, the 12 to 16 range. Because you're really yeah. like, we you're can right at least ra- we can at least rationalize now like why we feel the high, why we feel the low. But like, I mean, when I was in middle school and high school and watch a game, I would feel the high and I would talk so much trash, and the low would wreck a week. So like, yeah, if if I could if I could pick a time frame when I knew it would impact my life in a positive way, I'm gonna pick probably my my mid teens. Yeah, I think uh, I'm all in. And I, the, to your point about rationalizing now, I think mid-teens is probably the best time. You'd also get over it, you know, like you're just a bundle of emotions anyway. Yeah, you're about to go to college. You're going to forget about NFL football for, for a good, you know, three or four years, and then you'll get back into it. I can also see, like, retirement being really nice. You know, yeah. like – when you're when you're in your mid sixties, it's kind of like being in your twenties, but with a you know a better head on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the, the responsibility burden's about the same, right? You're an adult with no kids. Like, you have things you like to. You do. You can really dedicate do. a whole Sunday. Oh yeah. You don't have to worry about like, oh, this is a Thursday night game. I have to get up for work tomorrow. No, you just stay up for the whole thing. Yeah. Take a nap midday. Get yourself ready yeah. for the game. Just really prep it. Set that set that coffee machine to be ready at four PM. Get you going again. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah, you get get your Traeger rolling, you get you got it going, you're gonna make wings every Sunday for the game. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's the prime age. I think that's probably it. The uh I think the one thing. So I've got a uh proposal for at least a stand in for the segment to replace the We're Not Really Strangers okay. card pack. I think uh, something to the effect of, you know, obviously this will be advice you would hope to give uh, your boys in the future. But since they're young and, like, we'll forget these things anyways, like advice you would give to your younger self and you – Kind of pinpoint the age you think it would be. And because these things come up to me all the time, mostly because I'm constantly running like anticipatory conversations with my children. Yeah. Uh, And but like I always view it through the lens of my own life because I can't imagine what their lives are really going to be like yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it just seems like versions of my own feelings. Yeah. So, you know, we can workshop a name for it. But. Something like that can be like a basic stand-in. Yeah, for now. Okay, I like it. Uh, Who, which, which of your kids, and and it may be too early with Winnie, but which of your kids do you look at and you're like, you are so much like me. Like, have all more of like the ticks and the nuances of like you as a as a young. You don't you don't know what it was like to be three years old. You don't remember that, but mm-hmm. like you no. can now see the personality developing. I think it would be easy. So Winnie looks like me. Walter mm-hmm. looks like Katie, but I think it's it's also easier to think Walter is like me because he's a boy, sure. and so like I see some of those tendencies. Um, I I think right now it is probably Walter. He's uh he seems to have like a general like curiosity and kindness to him. Yeah. Um. That's a really hard question. I think I need more years. I'd I'd probably be, I'd be yeah. stabbing at it. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's Everett, a hundred percent. Like he's uh, yeah. he look, not only does he look like me, <laughs> he's just got the same. He's always got to be right. Um, 
He's definitely, you know, worries about things that he doesn't have to worry about that we're, that I'm working. Like now that I'm like to a point where I'm like, you think I've worked through all that stuff. I want to give that to him at like five. I need you to, I, mm-hmm. I need you to understand that the tighter you hold onto things, the more you're going to break them. Like you, you need to just let things go and be a five-year-old. So at this point, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely more, more Everett, but he's also got some, some stuff of Annie where he's, He's not afraid to try anything. He's not necessarily worried about how he looks to people. Like he's just an Annie is very much like she just she kind of goes about life her own way. Um, whereas you know, most of my life I've gone to bed with the shrieking thoughts of what people might think about me like in the back of my head. So, yeah, I think the you know really what I'm doing is like is Walter more like me or more like Katie because Winnie yeah. isn't old enough and you know thus far. Like Walter seems to have less less safety concerns, you know, a little bit more like, yeah, it'll, I'll do whatever, it'll, everything will be fine. Yeah. You know, which is definitely more my way. Like, let's just jump in and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but, no, to, to be determined. Okay. Fair enough. Should we hit some recommendations? Yeah. Yeah. We should. Mine's mine's um, one that's going to sound like a little bit of a like anybody that I talk to I've told them about this product. Maybe not you. But I'm ready. I, but but I'm going to drop it on you. As you know and many of the world knows I am a <clears throat> firm believer that mayo is the superior condiment for sandwiches. We got to put a condiment bracket together. Well, this the one that I'm about to drop in drop on you right now it would probably win the bracket. And it's very specific. And my my brother, Greg Cooksey, HVAC, supporter of the show, um, he introduced me to it. And I have not been able to stop eating it. It's it's from Wegmans. So if you have a Wegmans nearby, that's where you're going to find it. It's Weber's Horseradish Mustard. And... I'm writing it down. Anybody who... The most, the, the best thing I can compare it to is if you liked the hot mustard that McDonald's used to sell. It is, I put it on literally everything: chicken nuggets, grilled chicken, roast beef, turkey sandwiches. I put it on lo mein noodles. Wow! I've dipped French fries in it. I mean it. It is a it is a very well rounded condiment. Hmm. So you know, it's interesting because horseradish mustard doesn't jump out at me. It didn't me either. It didn't me either. That's actually he, what makes me most interested in it. He made a prime. My G made a prime rib on the Traeger. We are not affiliated with Traeger. Um, <laughs> and and that was his. Instead of just doing like a horseradish, um, you would typically do like a horseradish cream sauce or whatever. With, and and he he did it with he did it with this horseradish mustard, and it was. I've been just, just – I could drink it. It's so good. So mm. I've told everybody about it. I don't know that anybody's actually bought it, but I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to shout the praises. All right. Celebrating their 100th life. year of making horseradish mustard, actually. I assume it's just in, like, the standard – Yeah, it's like – it's it's not – Next it's to the mayo like, and the – There you go. It's not going to be where the craft and, the, you know, the Hellman's pay for the top – Top dollar for that right at the eye level. You're gonna have to look up a level. Okay, okay, I can get that. Do it. Um, get it. Uh, probably next Wednesday, right after Bible study. Hit there the Wegmans go. early. Just drop in there, grab you one. Yeah. <laughs> You're picking up horseradish mustard at 8:30 a.m. Yeah. Got a I got am. a busy day. <laughs> got a busy day. <laughs> I'm gonna dip my gonna dip some sausages links in it. So my recommendation um, is something most people have probably heard of. It's, well, I shouldn't assume too much. It's the knees over toes guy. Oh, great Knees over toes guy. Uh, so I've, I've been aware of this guy for a long time. For whatever reason, I was getting the ads on Instagram way back when. Um. And I, at first I thought he was like a hoax, 
Like when I first started getting those things, I was like, this guy must be full of it. Like mm-hmm. he's a scam, like knees over toes. It went against everything I believed. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, like things were, my, my knowledge base increased and I was interested in his ability to jump. He does have a compelling story. He's got he's, a very compelling, and he's got a very compelling uh, standing dunk for a man standing six foot one. Exactly, a very compelling vertical. And so my my deal is this: I want Walter to have a an actual his own memory of watching me dunk a basketball. Can you not dunk a basketball right now? It would be close. Gosh, so I'm, I, I'm so sad about that because you're like six six, <laughs> six so four. It's okay. Six three and three quarters. Whatever. I'm I'm It's like the six. only time I'm gonna lie about my height, so it like yeah. improves my <laughs> yeah, vertical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shorter than I look. Yeah. The uh but anyways, the I tried dunking I don't know, shortly before Christmas, and it wasn't smooth. You I could dunk like a so you could dunk a softball, maybe. Yeah, softball easy, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just not where it needs to be for any kid to be impressed. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been thinking about that anyways. And then like, uh, I hear him on Rogan. I go a little bit deeper into like the protocol and I've started bringing his stuff into my workouts and I love it. And it like, once you start doing the things, it does feel right. It's like, of course, my body should be able to do these things. Mm-hmm. So I would just mm. encourage anybody, particularly if you've got like flexibility, mobility issues, um, if you have, you know, bad knees is obviously what he's known for. But the principles that he has really have to do with like tendon strength and mobility, which is like what really gets us when we get older, like gets into our stability and our balance and. So I've really liked it. I'm only a few weeks in. I'm buying new gear. I'm doing new stuff. And uh, we'll see. You'll have to send me like what, what, what uh, sort of um, like complimentary workouts or movements you're doing. Because like, you know, I, I like his Instagram, but it's not very prescriptive. And I recognize you'd mm-hmm. probably have to uh, so, you know, subscribe for the training. Um, but yeah, and it's not, you know, the actual training isn't that expensive, but what I would also say, yeah, if you're just, if you're somebody who's never done any sort of exercise program before, yeah, you're probably going to look at that stuff and just like, well, do I just start randomly doing some of these things? Right. But you're still seeing a lot of like basic push pull movements and a, a large majority of what he focuses on is accessory work, right? So, mm-hmm. like, the things that specialize to his workout are, like, you know, the sissy squats and the the way out over your toes split squats, yeah. the sled. But, like, you know how all that interplays with a deadlift and s- standard squats, like your standard power movements. Mm-hmm. Like, he does all those things, too. So, if you have, like, a regular fitness protocol and you're putting this stuff in around it like i think it's pretty obvious how it works in yeah it's isn't it isn't it funny though that like when we were in high school they were like don't squat below parallel and you now and that was dude that was only like 20 years ago that wasn't that that wasn't that long ago well we talk about culture changing culture it doesn't matter what it is culture of everything changes like you know, it's one of these things uh, I was actually thinking about this last night and I'm like, you know, of course, wh- why wouldn't you want to train your body to to like squat all the way below, you know, to, to your hamstrings touch your calves like yeah. your body bends that way? Why wouldn't why shouldn't it bend all the way that way? Now, it's not like you're saying bend your knee the opposite way, like your body moves a certain way, like your shoulder, like. You know, and that's, you know, I, I don't have the ability as I raise my arm up overhead to really pass it through. And it's because of everything so tight. 
but your body should be able to do that in theory. So yeah, it's just it's just funny how we just like conveniently, I don't know. I blame big milk. I don't know. <laughs> it is, you know, there are some of these things, right? Like that you just need to be reminded of. And I forget who's, it might be a Mark Bell thing who is actually like a mentor for knees over toes guy. He's like a power lifter personality. Yeah. But, you know, he always says a weakness is never a weakness or a weakness is never a strength and a strength is always a strength. And it's funny that we have to tell ourselves things like that, but you know, some people do worry like, well, if I'm really flexible, like I won't be as strong or as I won't be as fast. It's like having a strength doesn't make you weaker. Like you may right. need to also focus on something else because you get over invested in the strength but the strength is not the cause of the weakness. So I don't know. It was, it's, it's opened my eyes up to some things I had ignored in my physical fitness. I'm excited about it. I'm yeah. getting involved and, uh, you know, don't worry everybody when I'm just yakking on everybody in the lane, you'll know it's coming on the lane. And uh, here's the parting word, because this was the most amazing thing, was this was the bodybuilder Tom Platts, who Mm, was... I haven't looked him up. Just go ahead, while I'm I'm laying this up, just go ahead and look up Tom Platts. He was really known for his flexibility, but his flexibility enabled him to train parts of his leg muscles that other, you know, fitness bodybuilder, competitive bodybuilders could not access. And so if you you want to... Uh, understand wow. what the human body of course there's probably steroids involved I mean almost almost undoubtedly but just google Tom Platts and uh, look at, go to google images it's like it's, it's a oh, leg I'm like there. you've never seen before <laughs> I'm there this guy's legs are insane it's like something I've never seen before I've never seen legs like that before great flexibility too you're right yep you, you can yeah you can even do like Tom Platt's flexibility, but yeah, the quad father, the oh, original quad father. There he is. That's nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's worth the Google. It's worth the Google. It's definitely worth the Google. <laughs> we, we should just start a podcast called worth the Google. And all we do <laughs> is just Google things and tell people, Was this is it worth, worth it? it? Yeah. Is it worth it? No, you said it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. All right, man. Well, whoo. Glad to be getting the reps back in. Same time next week. Yep. All right, brother. Talk All to right, you later, man. All right, dude. See ya.